Well, boys, what are you going to sing? The squeezer was not any use. A lemon without any juice. Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Annie. And you're listening to Boo to a Goose, a podcast about expressions, idioms, and slang. From across the pond. And today's episode is an expression I'm very excited to discuss. This is a, a phrase that I literally had never heard before. Uh, and you use it fairly frequently, and I've heard other British people say it as well, but I feel like you are often referring to things as being a palava. Yeah. Uh, so let's, so first can you spell, because I looked, I did take a glance at your notes earlier. Mm-hmm. I, in my head, have been pronouncing it the way that you pronounce it, but I think that if, so could you spell palava for me? Yeah, um, palava. It's P-A-L-A-V-E-R. V-E-R. So I think I would actually say, if I was hearing for the first time, palaver. Okay. So maybe that's part of the miscommunication. Maybe. maybe. Have you heard the word how you would pronounce it? Palaver? I definitely haven't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that doesn't change anything. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, I was quite surprised when I looked it up as well, because it's not a word I've ever written. Okay. It's a word that I say kind of in slang or informal use, but sure. I've never written it down. And it always reminds me of the dessert pavlova. Okay. So I always thought it did end in an A too. <laughs> sure. And I, I thought it was like pagoda, like a piece of Chinese architecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither of those. Yeah. It's neither a dessert or, or a piece of architecture. Yeah. But you will be interested to find out what it actually is. So let's talk about the slang use first. So could okay. you use it in a sentence? <laughs> this is something I struggle with and you always put me on the spot. Right. I need to prepare sentences. Um, I went to the DMV for uh-huh. any Brits out there. Like, that's where you get your driving license from. What, well, what a palava. Well, what do you guys call it? Where you get your driving license? I got mine online. Well, yeah, but like you have to go somewhere and take a test, right? The test center? Oh, it's not like... Know. We don't call it the DMV. I think some people call it the MVD, the Motor Vehicle Department. We're off th- base. We're off base. We're yeah, off we're definitely off subject. I could have sworn. All right. It's a palava. It's a palava. It's a palava. Going to the DMV is a big palava. A big palava. I lost my passport and had to get a new one. What a palava. Okay, so now I think people understand. It's like a, an ordeal. It's an ordeal. It basically means uh, elaborate or complex procedure. That mm-hmm. was the definition I found. An unnecessary, elaborate or complex procedure. Oh, so a palava would specifically refer to something that definitely could be done more simply. I guess, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, something that's just over the top. Like, you, you might get back from a hard day and mm-hmm. you just be like, what a palaver. Like, it didn't need to be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it also kind of means something that's tedious or time-consuming, like a task that's tedious or time-consuming. Sure. So maybe not always does it mean that um, it could have been done simpler, but it's just the the idea of it is just such a palaver. Mm-hmm. Like, such a, a waste of time. Okay. Yeah. Like going on a wild goose chase. Yeah. A wild boo to a goose chase. Or, uh... <laughs> no, no, different. <laughs> different just, to the last I'm country. Just, I'm just trying to plug the show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. So that's basically what it means. And that's the only meaning I've ever known of this word. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when I looked it up, um, that's the informal use from what I found. Mm-hmm. But there are other meanings to this word that I had no idea. Okay. In the dictionary. Okay. Um, so apparently... It also means, um, as a verb, to talk unproductively and at length. Mm. 
which I, I've never heard of. So you might say something like, it's too hot for palavering. And palavering is like the, oh, the it's, act it's, it's of a verb. chatting. Yeah, it's also a verb. Palavering. To, yeah, to palaver, palavering. Oh. And it means that you're talking for a really long time about nothing. Nothing important. Okay. Yeah, that's, I've never heard that before. That's interesting. That's so different. Well, that, that does kind of... Um, it's like superfluous and unnecessary. Yeah. Chatter. So that sort of feeds into the other definition. But I, yeah, you're... And this that is, is different. That is definitely a different thing. Exactly. Um, there, I think that this definition is the link mm -hmm. between another definition I'm going to tell you now. Okay. So, and this is also kind of the origin. So apparently the other definition is a negotiation or a meeting. And in modern context, it might be like a palaver between foreign ministers. So it's oh. a meeting between two cultures or two people who don't speak the same language. So, like, it's an act of diplomacy. A palaver. Oh, my God. That completely makes sense. Yeah. So. Be yeah, because, like, when you have, you have to do anything that we would describe as a palaver, everyone talks about how diplomacy and democracy and everything is such a, or just public, you know, gov government work is such a slow and arduous process. All of it is a palava. This yeah. completely makes sense. I guess it does. I never, I didn't even think of it like that. Yeah. Um, and I guess the verb kind of links the two things as well. You know, with it being more about a conversation or a, an act of negotiation. And then it, it turns into a verb and says to talk unproductively at length. And then that turns again into a, a noun and we call things a palava that are unnecessary or elaborate. So they kind of do tie into each other a so little it's, bit. So it's a, it's a simile, essentially. Like, whenever you... If you are ever waiting in line for any long thing for any reason, to bring it back to your previous analogy, it's like... It was like going, like, oh my god, I wanted to get this donut at this new donut stop, and I was waiting in line so long I thought I was at the DMV. So this is the same thing. It's this is such an ordeal. It was just like when two countries try to negotiate trade or whatever. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It? It's... It, that, that comes back into the origin. So mm -hmm. then I started looking up at the origin of the word. Apparently it comes from the mid-18th century. Um, and it's Portuguese in origin. Ooh. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, and it comes from the time, apparently, when the Portuguese and English sailors met during um, trading trips on the West African coast. Okay. So. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't come from a great place. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> It, it, this is slavery? This is a it, slavery word? It didn't say anything explicitly online about slavery. It just spoke about trading. But I, I, I think it's implied. What time period was this? The 18th century. Oh, goodness. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I like God. that word. So, do you want to know what it actually meant during that time what period? What a dark turn this has taken. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Portuguese and the English sailors used to meet on their... I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> trading trips Sure. Um, on the West African coast. And the English borrowed the Portuguese word palavra, which is spelled P-A-L-A-V-R-A, mm -hmm. palavra. Um, and that just means a speech or a word, like having a word. Okay. Um, Can and I have they, a palavra with you? Exactly. Yeah. And the Portuguese used it to mean a discussion with, again, air quotes, quote unquote, natives. So it was specifically to refer to a conversation that happened between traders and people that lived in West Africa at the time to trade goods. 
I hope not people. I ho- God, I hope it's like spices or whatever. I think it's, I hope it's spices That's too. best case scenario. Yeah, best yeah. case scenario, they're having a... Any, so many things could be sold. We don't have to jump to the worst possible thing to sell. Okay. Yeah. So, um, people were having a palavra about selling spices or or minerals or metals or precious, precious metals. Right. Precious metals. Yeah. Palavras only have specifically to do with silver. Sure. Hopefully. Yeah. And diamonds. Um, yeah. And that's where it comes from. Oh, that's so, not exactly cruelty for either. Yikes. So, the English borrowed that word mm-hmm. and then that's what it's come to mean in the and English what, language so now. It's, Okay, so, but to, to describe an inconvenience. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> but you can kind of see how it's evolved, right? So it, it, it's come from this place. Not a great place. Right. And then we've moved on to kind of mean more generally just like a negotiation between two different cultures. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and people that speak different languages. And then we've gone on and used it maybe to talk about, to say it's something that when people talk unproductive unproductively for a long period of time sure and then we've gone on to say it's this thing that's you know uh, unnecessary elaborate kind of sure task a very challenging conversation like you can kind of see how it would have evolved like the conversation one might have when saying hey can i buy some people from you oh Ugh. or hey can I have some spices? Right. And then somebody looks at you blankly and doesn't know what you're doing. Kind of language. Yeah. yeah. And the Portuguese and the British were probably carrying their guns with them as well while they did all of this. Hmm. While they were trying to trade. And they were probably giving people a very unfair price. I wonder how many more of these terms we're going to discover have roots in <laughs> colonialism. I think most British terms probably have some link to the colonial past oh man i did not get into this thinking it would be a history podcast <laughs> here we are here we are well we'll, we'll try to disco- decipher some fun ones too yeah it's kind of maybe we'll do some like hyphy slang next week <laughs> <laughs> it's ruining my love of uh british slang yeah and i may start to use the word slightly less sure yeah that we know yeah yeah well uh now we know and now you can ruin a good party with this <laughs> <laughs> it's a little tidbit a little fact for yeah you to bring up for yeah people. like <laughs> like when you bring up all the dark things that gandhi said and believed in addition to all his we don't have to talk about that let's not talk about that yeah. but yeah yeah you can be the person the debbie downer at the party that if you overhear someone saying this phrase you can be like actually hey did you know and then they don't invite you to parties anymore yeah that we hope this happen. podcast this we created this podcast to ruin social lives <laughs> uh i think we can call it from here yeah, yeah thank you guys so much for listening to this episode uh it, please like share subscribe uh wherever you get your podcast be sure to give us a follow um leave comments if there's any terms that you are particularly fan of that you would like us to potentially ruin uh <laughs> hit us back about it um thanks for listening to boo to a goose i'm jacob and i'm annie and we'll see you next time thanks guys is produced by Will Scoville as a part of the Comedio Network. Thanks to Hannah Wardle for the art and Max Abrams for the theme song She Couldn't Say Boo to a Goose. Send any questions or comments to boo to a goose podcast at gmail.com.
Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Podcast. 